I want to take you to Psalm 62, and I want to preach a message entitled, In God Alone. In God Alone. So if you have your Bibles, if you would, go to Psalm 62. And I am actually, though I have the newer NIV, I, uh, I am going to be reading from the old 1984 version of it. Uh, boy, you can get overwhelmed with all these English versions that are coming out, and they update it every few years because they study the Hebrew and the Greek, and then they figure, well, we got to put this word in there and that word in there instead of what they had. So they update it. But I'm going to go back to the old 1984 version of uh, the NIV. Two verses of Scripture, Psalm 62, in verses 1 and 2. The Bible says this, My soul finds rest in God alone. Let me read that one phrase again. My soul finds rest in God alone. My salvation comes from him. He alone is my rock and my salvation. He is my fortress. I will never be shaken. Simplicity is often not as appealing as complexity. Let me say that again. Simplicity is not often not as appealing as complexity. We try to make things in our lives more complicated sometimes than what they really truly are. And in fact, as a human race, we like to make things harder than they are supposed to be. The mindset of man is that if it's simple, it must not be worth anything. Well, there is actually a company that has, from the very beginnings of that company, built their company on the idea of simplicity. Now, most of you know that I'm an Apple fanboy. I know many of you don't share my views on that. I'll pray for you. That's okay. But their whole concept when they came out with the iPod especially, that was the big deal, and it was, it was supposed to be simple. Well, it, it, it actually ended up being simple, more simplistic at least for my part. Some people don't find it simple. They don't find it intuitive. I understand that. We don't share the same view. But again, you'll be on my prayer list. <laughs> but, you know, they, they built their company around this idea of having very simple things. Other companies have now copied the concept of simplicity in the products that they make. One button and you do this. It's one thing. You've got a screen. I, I got to tell you, I still have the old iPhone 8 Plus with the button on the bottom. And when they came out with the one without the button, I thought, my goodness, what in the world do I do? You know, I'm getting at the age where I actually now have to ask the questions. I have to go to them now to find out certain things. And all, no, it's with a swipe. It's with this. And it's, you look at it, and it opens up. And oh, my goodness, what a magical. And it's simple. It's supposed to be simple. We know that's not always simple. I understand that. But we like to make things more complex, do things that, that appear to be harder. And in many ways, that simple answer to everyday life that many of us as Christians have at our disposal, we try to make it more difficult than what it actually is. I have been and watched, and I remember in 1989 or 90, I don't remember, 89, I believe it was. 
uh, had the opportunity to go to Mexico City and, and some other cities in Mexico with a group from the Bible college that I was working at at that time. And I'll never forget going on the outskirts of Mexico City, one of the big, big main Catholic churches that were there. It has this, this giant plaza that is made of, of marble. The, the whole plaza is just, it's just marble. And, and I watched as, as some of that, that pathway to the doorway of the church is actually polished, not by somebody running a big polishing machine over it, but by people crawling on their knees day after day after day, just crawling on their knees, doing penance, thinking, this is what I have to do in order to earn God's favor. And can I tell you the good news? We all know the good news. You don't have to do things like that to earn God's favor because nobody can earn God's favor It is unmerited favor. That's the whole point of grace. Grace is unmerited favor. And I remember seeing that and thinking to myself, it's more complicated than than what the Bible says. You've made it more complicated than what it actually is. You don't have to do that in order to get God's attention and get his forgiveness for your sins. And yet the Bible lets us know this, and it tells us, the Bible tells us this, and as we often make things so difficult, God has set forth in his word a very simple answer to our problems and our trials, our temptations, sin, and a host of other things that threaten to shake the foundation of our faith in him. The simple answer is that our hope, our strength, our peace, our rest, and our salvation are in him alone. In him alone. Without a doubt, man has tried to, quote-unquote, improve upon the solution by throwing his own schemes and his plans and his rules and his regulations into the mix. In fact, you read in the New Testament, you read the Gospels, Jesus on occasion will confront the Pharisees and tell them, you know what, you guys, you're making a big deal out of some things that my disciples are doing or not doing, he says, but at the same time, you're throwing things into the law that were never there that God never gave to Moses. You are trying to improve upon it, and you're making it more complex than really what it is supposed to be. David's words here in these, these two verses ring ever true, that our hope has to rest on nothing else but God alone. And if you, you can't, so we somehow, we, we just somehow want to make it more difficult than what it is. Simple as it may sound, it is true as true today as it was back then. What do we find when we look at God alone? Here's what we'll find. We will find that he alone brings serenity. And by that, I simply mean rest and peace. He brings that. The Bible says this, verse 1. You can leave that verse right up on the screen, Jamie, if you want. Verse 1 for now. My soul finds rest... In God alone. My soul finds rest in God alone. I'm just curious over the last 16 months, 14 months especially, but even earlier than that, how many of you got restless? Just, you by show of hands, come on, let's be honest. You, you don't have to. I mean, I, if you weren't, wonderful. I'm, I'm glad. I'll try to find out what your secret was. I was restless. 
many of us were restless. And yet, the Bible seems to indicate that even in un, unparalleled circumstances, even in situations in which we've never faced before, never gone through before, that in him alone do we find rest. Now, we have to seek this rest. The, the word, the optimal word here is find. And rest does not come to the soul that does not seek after it. You have to run to him. You have to ask him. When you truly search for the rest, spiritual rest that God wants to give, you will find it. But instead, if you're searching for your own solutions, what you will find is restlessness. You're not going to find rest. You'll find restlessness because it's all on you. No, this is about it all being on him. When you put your faith and your trust in him and you seek after that rest, you will find it. The soul has to seek his rest. What did Jesus say? Jesus said, come to me and I will give you rest. Those of you who are burdened, you're heavy laden, you have problems, you have difficulties, he says, come to me. Don't go to somebody else. Don't go to some other solution. You come to me and I will give you rest. The seeking is not an intense search whereby you're going to weary yourself to the point where you'll just come up short and end. You know, you have to end it. No, no, no. The Bible tells us to search for him and he will be found. He'll be found by you. God has never rewarded those who do not put forth some kind of effort in seeking him. We have to seek after him, seek after that rest. We seek after his blessings and he, therefore he will reward us. The Bible tells us that those who come to him must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of those who diligently, what? Seek him. We, we somehow think, well, you say, but it's, it's, it's got to be more complicated. It's not really that complicated. You want rest, go for him. If you want rest in your soul, go for him. Seek after him. Oftentimes, we don't have that rest because we're not seeking after him. We're seeking after what he wants to give us. He wants to give you those things. But seek him first and his righteousness, and then all these things will be added to you. Not only that, it is a solitary or singular rest. It is a singular rest. It says, in God alone. There is nothing else that is going to bring rest in your soul like the Lord. Absolutely nothing. It's an interesting thing. I am a fan, frankly, of water being my qu thirst quencher. A lot of people, I, I, my brother-in-law for many years, he was a, I don't know if he still is, but he was, he was a fan of Mountain Dew. And he would be, Paul would just keep drinking Mountain Dew, keep drinking it and drinking it. And like, Paul, all you need is that. Ah, I can't drink water. I don't like water. But for me, it is the only thing that will actually quench your thirst. Now, it's really simple, has no chemicals. It is just a very simple kind of thing. But it is intended to keep you alive. And as simple as it is, it is a singular solution to a 
very, very scary problem. If you get too thirsty, you could die. If you don't have water for a very short period of time, it can have a major impact on your body. We stood in the sun back, uh, <laughs> I know we want to block it out of our memory. We had to go to the DMV. Oh, Lord Jesus, don't get me started. Lord, help me, please. Jesus, sanctify my thoughts right now. <sighs> I'm sorry. We can do better as a state. But anyway, I had to go with Riley. She has a permit, right? First, first driving instruction Happening this afternoon. No, not the first. The first actual driver's ed with the instructor. She went out with, with uh, Mariella yesterday and did a fabulous job. I was not in the car, but I was told that. <laughs> we, had, we stood for hours in the hot sun. And at a certain point, I'm, I'm standing there on Elston Avenue thinking, dear God, you've got to help us right now. I was starting to get dizzy because we weren't prepared for that. We didn't, we didn't know. And the, the line moved, and then all of a sudden it stopped. And it stopped. And it stayed stopped for a long time. And finally, after about five hours in the sun, Mariella called us, and we were about ready to faint dead away. And she comes like Mary Poppins with the umbrella she had the umbrella for us, and, and with water and snacks, we were hypoglycemic. We were, I was getting dizzy I, without the water, it was, but it was a simple solution, and she came in and just swooped in, and that one thing took care of the situation. I want to tell you that when it comes to your rest in God, there is one solution and one solution only, and it is finding him. It is going after him. It is in him alone. It's not something else. It's not some of the peripheral things that we look at in the world and say, well, maybe I'll find my hope in that thing. No, it's in God alone and only him. It's not in what the world has to offer. It's not in what the world is preaching at you. It's not in what the culture is saying to you. It is in God and him alone that you find that rest. Not only that, he not only brings serenity, he brings salvation. He alone. Verse 1 says, my salvation comes from him. Put it verse 2. Verse 2 says, he alone is my salvation. I want to tell you salvation's source, it is from him alone, and it is his alone to give. Only he can give it. He holds it within his hand, and he is the source of salvation for all mankind. I want to tell you today, the greatest problem facing humanity today is not all the problems that the culture is screaming at us is a problem. I'm not saying that they aren't problems. I am saying the greatest problem is sin. You will never cleanse a nation of its past problems with racism until you cleanse the heart of mankind. You cannot pass a law that will, that will cause a man to do something other than what his sinful nature tells him to do until the law of the spirit of freedom comes from Christ Jesus being, taking up residence inside that person, and they are changed as a result of what God has done in their lives. Salvation comes from him alone. Many people have tried to find their salvation in relationships. We try to find our salvation in finances.
finances, in jobs, in all kinds of things. And yet salvation comes from him and him alone. None of those things have anything to offer when it comes to salvation from sin. You can immerse yourself in trying to be the best human being possible and good for you. But you will spend eternity in hell not because you didn't rob banks and, you know, you somehow decided that you were going to be kind to your wife or kind to your parents. You will spend eternity in hell simply because you have rejected the one salvation that has come, and his name is Jesus. None of those things can bring salvation. None of those things can bring peace. And they certainly can't bring salvation, spiritual or otherwise. You might disagree and say, well, you know what? There are, there are certainly things that can make your life better. Yeah, that's true. But we only live here for a very short period of time. And if there is anything that you see after living life for any, any amount of time, you realize life is not permanent. It's just not. None of us know what tomorrow will bring. You don't know what tomorrow will hold. So the most important thing for us as individuals is to make sure that he alone is our salvation. Salvation, he alone, the Bible says, is my salvation. Salvation can only be received when he is received. You can't have salvation apart from Christ. The Bible indicates that he alone is the one who brings salvation. You can't find it in some other means. You can't find it in some other place, but he is our salvation. Jesus came, he says, I came into the world to be a ransom for many. He came to give his life a ransom for many as a ransom. And I want to tell you that there is nothing else, there is no one else that can fill his shoes. You say, well, that sounds really narrow. It sounds really exclusive. And yet there is nothing more inclusive than for God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that whoever believes in him would not perish but have everlasting life. Look, I realize the world is panicked because we don't want to die from a virus. They don't want to die from a particular disease. But the problem is, is you will still die at some point. Yes, you don't want to go that way, but you will go a way, some way, somehow. At some point, you will. The Bible says and tells us that it is appointed unto man once to die and then the judgment. It's unavoidable. What are you going to do then? What next? There is a next. Salvation in Jesus Christ and in him alone is the only way to face that moment when it comes upon you. Salvation, he alone is my salvation. Not only that, the third thing that I want you to see in verse 2 is he alone brings stability. The Bible says, he alone is my rock. He is my fortress. I love this. I will never be shaken. Most people are concerned about having stability in life. Certainly, the older we get, that becomes a deal, a big deal. It becomes an important thing. We understand that. I'm not knocking it, and, and I'm a fan of it. I, I am, I have, we have had a 
revolutionary moment in our, in our family and in our lives about making sure that our lives are, are stable, as we, especially as we get older in life. Financial stability, stability in relationships. People seek these things. They seek stability in where they live, stability in their emotions, mental stability, all kinds of stability. And who doesn't want all of those things? All of those things are important, but the one stability that is often overlooked is spiritual stability. It is what's going on in the inside of my heart. Am I... Am I in the place with God that I need to be? And am I standing on the rock? He alone is my rock. The storms come, but he's my rock. You're not going to be one of those trees that topple over in a tropical storm. You're not going to be one of those things that, that bend and eventually break. You might bend, but you won't break. Why? Because he alone is your rock. He is your fortress. You won't be shaken. I, I, we've watched, obviously, in some of the news with the heavy rains in Europe. If you have not seen the, the international news, you know, shut down this, the United States for a minute and realize there's something else going on in the world. Uh, and Mariella showed me the other night the, 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 the devastation in Germany and Belgium of the heavy rains, the flooding, and just how, how, how things are just eroded and washed away and you see buildings that are just enveloped in water and and all of these things and we're no strangers to flooding here in Illinois we live in the flatlands we know that but but this is on a whole other level i mean this is this is literally erosion to the point where foundations are are now buildings are being destroyed from underneath them because of this flooding. It's, it's intense. It's, it's unbelievable. And it makes you wonder what, what kind of material were they built on. And it hearkens the words, brings the words of Jesus to mind that says that whoever hears these words of mine and does them is like the one who built his house on the rock. The storms came, the floods came, but in that house, it, it was shaken, but it was not destroyed. Listen, it's in him alone. We can only find that stability in him alone. He alone is my rock. He is a stable, a rock. A rock is something you can stand on. A rock is something that you can build on. David said these words, lead me to the rock that is higher than I. When the flood of sin overcomes and over tries to overtake you, you have a rock on which you can stand on and that is higher than you are, that, that even though you, you might seem tempted and threatened, you won't give in because you're standing on the rock. It is a stable refuge. He is my fortress. I will never be shaken. That's a tall order right there, David. We feel shaken all the time. There are times in our lives where we feel shaken, and most of the time it happens as a result of where our focus and our attention is. Here, he's putting it on who is his fortress. Fortress is the idea that behind, you get behind that fortress, the enemy can't get in. This is David was a warrior. He understood the concept of fortresses. He understood the concept. Certainly, they lived in a time of walled cities. Walled cities were their, they were their defense. That was the only defense many times that they had 
And he understood that. A refuge is something that you can stand securely in. There are some storms that we need to take refuge from. You need to be protected from all sides because that seems to be where the enemy is coming from. And often in our lives, it's not just the enemy seems to be coming from head on. You could maybe manage that. You could maybe handle that, say, I see it coming. But sometimes it blindsides you from behind. I have seen a lot of hits in football. Thankfully, I didn't play football, and the more I see a football, I know, as a youngster I did, I had a desire, but now seeing that, I'm thinking, Lord, I have enough aches and pains of, as it is. You imagine had I played football, and, and you see, sometimes these guys get hit from behind, the quarterback doesn't see anything coming, and then all of a sudden, this big 285-pound dude hits him from behind, and his head just goes in another direction. And that, that, that's where sometimes the enemy comes at us, and we don't realize it. I want to tell you that you have a refuge in God alone. You're not going to have that refuge in anything else but in him alone. He is your fortress. Martin Luther wrote the words, the lyrics to that great hymn, A Mighty Fortress is Our God, a bulwark never failing. What a powerful statement that is. He is our fortress. He is your fortress, a refuge that you can find safety. The Bible tells us these words, Proverbs, I believe it is 18.10, if I'm not mistaken, says the name of the Lord is a strong tower. The righteous can run to it and they are safe. Where is your hope? Where is your refuge? Where is your stability? Where is your peace, your serenity, your rest? Where is all of that today? Where is your salvation? What are you looking for when it comes to salvation? Are you looking for it in places that you shouldn't be? In the end, David says these words, it's in God alone. Nobody else, nowhere else can you find it but in God alone. I want us to stand to our feet right now.